And to think, people actually wanted a quarterback controversy, right? I had to hear from people, I had to hear nonstop, right, that that Gardner Minshew was was ahead of Jalen Hurts as a passer. Again, off of one game, and, and, and this sounds like I'm taking shots at Gardner Minshew, but I mean, let's just stop with the bull. I mean, really, it is so clear and obvious that Jalen Hurts not only is better than Gardner Minshew, but Jalen Hurts is this team's quarterback, not just the rest of this season, not just the next season, but going forward. Jalen Hurts is the Eagles franchise quarterback. It's okay. You could say it. You could accept it. That's what he is. He is that guy coming off his worst game as a professional. Seriously, his worst professional game. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts tonight. After what happened on that first drive, that absolutely insane interception where Goddard just dropped what would have been, it looked like a 30-yard down the sideline, you know, running catch, and it was intercepted. It should have been an interception for a touchdown because it went off his heel. And then the next series for him to fumble the football, the one mistake he really made. I mean, you could say the Smith throw in the back of the end zone, but the, the, to fumble that ball, which is something that's very uncharacteristic of Jalen Hurts, but to do that and just to, to calm down and play the way he did, let's just dive into it. Why did the Eagles win tonight? Why did the Eagles win here on a Tuesday night? Did they beat Washington 27-17? Well, let's, let's go over the five reasons why. And again, we're going to talk a little bit too about the NFL's decision to reschedule this game. At first, I was insane. I, I was out of this world furious. Um, again, I didn't understand why we had 16-man practice squads. Remember, that's what you have, 16-man practice squads. The Eagles had Josh McCown. Remember him? He was on the practice squad last year, but he was still living in like Texas to be the emergency quarterback just in case a situation that happened with Washington happened to them last season. Like, that was the whole thing. It was advantageous. You could have veterans now on the practice squad. You could protect players on your practice squad just for these situations alone. But here we were. The situation occurred, and they moved the game two days. Now, did it end up affecting the game really so much? Well, Washington was able to get their D-line back. Again, hey, at the end of the day, here's the thing, too. I, I was not one of those that was in the camp of I didn't want the game moved because I wanted the easy win or something like that. No, no. Because, again, if you can't beat Washington at home, you're not beat. Like, I said this about New York. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to keep losing to teams like this, what's the whole point of trying to get in the playoffs? Because guess what? You're not going anywhere. But the point being here is I just didn't like the idea of having the game move because now we're on a very short week going against the team who already beat us. Now, again, their quarterback situation is going to be a lot different with Daniel Jones out, and we're going to talk about that Thursday. It looks like it's going to be possibly Jake Fromm, I'm assuming, as their quarterback. But the point being here is that we're going to be playing them on, you know, really like extremely short rest while they're getting two extra days. I was an advocate that the game be moved to Monday night, so at least you get that extra day to prepare because, hey, that's what happens here. It's not just the players. The coaches need to prepare. And again, we clearly cannot take the Giants for granted because we did that two weeks or, what, a month ago, and they beat us. They beat us. That that game is still going to haunt this team at the end of the year because, I mean, really, this this drive to make the playoffs, I mean, that is one game where you look back and you go, obviously, we should have won. Jalen Rager dropped two touchdowns. Um and Greg Ward dropped a touchdown in that game. But listen, 
we are what we are. The Eagles are seven and seven. And now what are the five reasons why? And again, one of them would be Garrett Gilbert had to play quarterback tonight for um, for Washington. Obviously, that was insane. He was just signed to their team on Friday, which begs you to question this. They had Pat Shermer and Jordan Tayamau, the kid from the XFL, on their practice squad, yet they signed Garrett Gilbert to play. It's like, well, why is that Shermer and that other kid on your practice squad, right? You know what I mean? Like, they're there for, like, what? I mean, just to take up space? Like, you had to bring Gilbert into play, but you have these kids on your practice squad, but you just, if you ever need them, deem that they just can't play. So, I mean, I get it for developmental purposes, but it's like, how developmental can they possibly be if they can't, uh, you know, start a game over a guy when they've been with the team the whole season versus a guy who was just signed to the team, you know, three days ago? To me, that's insane on their part. But, um, Regardless, the Eagles were able to win the game. So what were the five reasons why? Well, let's go with the fifth reason, right? And it's going to be Dallas Goddard. And you would think Dallas Goddard would be a lot higher with his, you know, he had seven catches, 135 yards. But, I mean, like I said, that first drive where he legitimately gave Washington seven points. Um, and then later in the game when he dropped a screen, that would have probably been a potential seven points for the Eagles because he had, a, a <laughs> you know, literally three guys in front to, to run this block. It was a blitz by Washington. It was a perfect street, uh, screen call. And he dropped that. So, yeah, seven for 135. It could have been nine for almost 200 if he just makes the simple routine catches. And, again, you can't drop one that leads to, you know, an interception. So, other than that, I mean, he had a great catch down the field, the 45-yarder where, he, you know, he went over the top and, as they say, mossed somebody. Well, he mossed Reeves their safety. And he was able to uh, make a great play there. And uh, regardless of the two drops, Dallas Goddard shows the flashes of best tight end in the NFL. It's just these drops where it's like you look back and you go, those are such unacceptable plays that it makes you think, is he a top five player or a top five player at his position? He has top of the league potential at that position, but you just simply cannot do things like he did in this game. You cannot, you cannot under any circumstance drop passes like he did. Again, we gave a team that was set to be beat hope, and he was a big part in giving them hope. Now, again, like I said, he had some incredible plays in this game that we should be proud of, and Dallas Goddard lands at five. Now, fourth reason why, we're going to go with Fletcher Cox. Yes, Fletcher Cox, right? Fletcher Cox, the guy everybody wanted to point their finger at this season. Fletcher Cox, well, guess what? Fletcher Cox was the only defensive lineman that was making serious impact on the game tonight, really. The the play at the end of the first half, I know people are going to just, you know, they're gloss over it and not really, you know, give it the due that it deserved. But Washington was going in there to score, and they were going to take the lead at halftime. They were going to give themselves at least a chance at a field goal to take that lead. And him to make that play, to get that sack, and to ensure it was going to be a 10-10 game at halftime. That was just massive. It really was. It was a massive, massive play. Fletcher Cox was incredible tonight. Now, third reason why, right? And this is a tie. It's a combo. It's the offensive line, and it's Miles Sanders, and it's Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders had over 130 yards rushing. His back-to-back 100-yard games for Miles Sanders. Uh, Jordan Howard over 60 yards rushing. No Boston Scott tonight. Uh, Looks like it's, you know... 2019 part two here and it was just the Sanders and Howard show and our offense line was incredible tonight they were incredible especially considering Landon Dickerson was put on the COVID-19 list as of what was it Sunday and I mean Andre Dillard was also put on that list but he wasn't going to play obviously uh, you know barring injury but 
You know, Jordan Mailata had an absolutely completely boneheaded uh, penalty early in the game there. The the fourth down that we or the third down we would have converted and or the, what was it? It was a fourth and one. Yeah, it was a fourth and one. We converted it and he went down and blocked their defensive back. And he did. He, he put his arms around him for some bizarre reason. You know, 10 yards down the field where it was clearly going to have no effect on the play whatsoever. It was a completely dumb play. But besides that, I mean, yeah, there was a a sack given up early in the game by Mylotta. The strip sack was more so on Hurts, just staying in the pocket for about 20 seconds. But really, we we ran the ball for over 200 yards again. I mean, really, what do you want here? Like, these guys were road graders down the whole time. Like, Miles Sanders was running through, you know, literally alleyways. Jordan Howard was going five yards before he was even creating contact. I mean, our offensive line is mauling people, and that was with our third-string right guard and third-string left guard playing. Think about that. Our starters are Ciamalo and Brooks. They're both out. Dickerson on the list this week. He should be back hopefully for the game on Sunday. Um, And then Driscoll, who's done for the year. So you had Herbig, who obviously could play. I mean, he played all last season. So Herbig Cohen in wasn't a big deal to me. It was Suo Opeta. I know Suo Opeta's stock is hotter than Tesla. I mean, and to be fair to him, against Jonathan Allen tonight, I thought he did really well. Their defensive line is the strength of their team, and that's what they gained back from having this 48 hours of um, you know reprieve from the game on Sunday. They got their D-line back. So Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, you know, Matt Ioannidis, all those guys were able to play for them. And... You know, Jonathan Allen lined up over Suo Peta all night, and yeah, he had a play here, and Suo Peta had a one-holding call. Again, that wouldn't have affected a play on a screen pass to Goddard, but regardless, our offensive line is incredible. It is right now our best unit. It's possibly the best unit in the NFL, I would say it is. And again, that's with a third-string right guard and third-string left guard. It's just, honestly, it's it's such a credit to Jeff Stoutland. Uh, again, Herbig and Stout or Herbig and Opeta are both undrafted players. You know what I mean? Like my lot is a seventh round pick. It's it's a created offense line. Really, Kelsey, go back to Kelsey now. He wasn't a Stoutland guy so much, but he was a sixth round pick. I mean, we have one first round round that offense line that's playing right now. Dickerson's gonna come back. He's gonna be the second round pick that we have playing. I mean, it, it's really a, a testament to Jeff Stoutland and what he's done there. He is a massive part of why the Eagles continue to have success, and it's just. Remember, we almost lost him this offseason. He was going to go to, what, Alabama? Back with Bill, o- or, uh, back with Bill O'Brien. Back with um, Nick Saban. And thank goodness the Eagles were able to keep him here. And Nick Sirianni, that's a credit to him to keep this guy in the building because he is a weapon as a coach. Now, second reason why I just said his name, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni's game plan tonight on offense was incredible. I mean, there was so much creativity on the Eagles' offense. It reminded me of the Atlanta game. You know, I mean, think about it. We had Darius Slay out there for a snap tonight on offense. It was just creative motions. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we had the two wide or two running back sets, which was cool to see. You know what I mean? Because you could do that kind of triple option. They did it successfully the one time where it was a fake to Howard. Hertz has the option to run or he could dump the ball to Sanders. They did the same thing on the Goddard interception. It was a fake to Howard. Uh, Hertz can run or he could throw the ball to Goddard. And it was going to run for 40 yards. These triple option type plays, they were there tonight. They worked. And Sirianni called a really, really good game. I thought he he was he was on his toes tonight, man. I mean, he he did not just sit here and say we're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. He let Jalen Hurts throw it, and there were some shots down the field. There were again, it, it was not just a strictly we're going to run the ball and run you over. Yeah, we were able to do that, and our running numbers are going to look more ecstatic or um, exaggerated. I'm sorry, there at the end of the game, especially because. We ran the clock out. I mean, when you look at the final numbers here, what was it? Uh, the Eagles ran the ball a total of 
41 times and it was for 238 yards and we threw the ball 26 times but again those last couple drives we were just icing the clock this was a really good game from Sirianni he's getting better and better in terms of coaching obviously his improvements are are drastic Jonathan Gannon's are still embarrassing I mean we did not blitz Garrett Gilbert Farley enough or far Farley is that a word um far enough wow I can't even speak there we did not blitz Garrett Gilbert far enough tonight. I mean, really, Garrett Gilbert should have been blitzed 100 times. I mean, we should have just put this guy on his ass. He clearly is immobile. I mean, he has no rapport with any of these receivers. And Jonathan Gannon was just sitting back. And I keep saying this. Yeah, you're able to get away with it when you play a guy who's been on a team for four days. You're going to play Jake Fromm possibly next week. And again, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, we're going to keep winning these games because these quarterbacks are not, you know, up to stuff. But Eventually, we're going to make one of these guys look really good with this this passive defense that he continues to want to play. It's just, it's it's terrible. You know what's funny? He does this passive defense, yet we did get beat deep tonight. You know, Slay got beat uh, by Terry McLaurin, and they hit a, a big play down the field. And, and again, I thought that's the whole premise of why he doesn't blitz anybody and just rushes the D-line is so we don't get beat over the top. Well, we got beat over the top. So it's just an ass-backwards uh, strategy. He's just an absolutely sucky defensive coach he sucks as a coordinator I continue to say it and eventually here if we're playing let's just say we're fortunate enough to get to this Washington game or you know even so the Dallas game Dak Prescott lit us up in game one he'll light us up again here I don't care if it's in Philadelphia wherever it's going to be if we play this soft ass passive cowardly defense that this guy just continues to want to want and want and want and want to put on the field I mean really like I said Fletcher Cox moved to DN tonight and he was getting some pressures but I mean is that what it's going to really take I mean really that that's what we're going to take here I, I just I can't I cannot take JG now the number one reason why we won this game uh guess what it's Jalen Hurts it was always going to be Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so funny. You know what I mean? Like, every I, I, I don't understand why Jalen Hurts, right? Why everybody just makes it a point that they want to point fingers at Jalen Hurts and find flaws. If Jalen Hurts was a rookie and he was picked in the front 10, people would be ecstatic. They'd be losing their minds at how, how much promise he shows. Yeah, he had a bad game against the Giants. Whoop-de-doo. He also had an extremely good game against the Chargers. He had an extremely good game against the Falcons. He had an extremely good game against the Saints. You know what I mean? Like, he was extremely good. I know he didn't have to throw that much against the, the Lions. He had an unbelievable first half against the Broncos, and then they only threw the ball three times in that second half. I mean, he's had so many good, good moments this year, but we have to just harbor on these little ones. you got to look, look for the little ones and go, that's the problem. Not Again, he's only in his second full se- or second year, first full season as a starter, but we sit there and we try to point these games out. This guy's getting paid a million bucks. A million bucks. We're going to pay him over the next two years less than $4 million. What do you want to do? What do you want the Eagles to do, really? What do you want? You want to trade for Russell Wilson? You want to give up multiple first-round picks for a guy who was, what, 15-30 to 30 tonight? Like, they scored 10 points, the Seahawks. Like, they're classic underachievers. I mean, really, he's paid $30-plus million a year. You want to trade multiple assets to go get that guy? You think Russell Wilson's going to make the Eagles better? Russell Wilson ain't making the Seahawks better. Really, the Seahawks would be fools to not trade him. They should absolutely trade him. He ain't worth his price tag. That's just the truth of it. 
It sucks to say. I said a couple weeks ago he'd be the guy to go get if you were going to ever trade for a quarterback because, again, I know he loves football. And, again, he is hurt. He could again, This could all be a, a, a thing with his, with his injury. But, I mean, really, what have the Seahawks done besides beat the Eagles in a playoff game that Josh McCown had to play the whole game with a torn hamstring? Like, that's the point. You pay a quarterback $30 million, and all of a sudden the, sal- or the team around him isn't as good. We're still paying Carson Wentz. Like, we are on the hook for his salary this season. Can you imagine what this team can look like the next two years with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback? Um, his salary being, like I said, under $4 million total for the two years? And guess what? He's already, you know, like looking at him right now, is Jalen Hurts the top five quarterback? Okay, yeah, he's not a top five quarterback yet. But, I mean, he, he's he's going to be honest. Like, really, he's, he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback right now, right? I would say so. I, I, I definitely have him in the middle. He's closing in on getting to that top 10. Because Jalen Hurts does a lot of things really good. So his ceiling, his trajectory is only going to keep going up, up, up. His salary is just at a minimal, minimal level, right? And, and we're sitting here going, what? We want to give $30 million for a guy like what? A Derek Carr? That's doing the Raiders wonders. We want to give $30 million to a guy like Kirk Cousins? That's doing the, the Vikings wonders. Just eating their salary up. That's all it is. It's eating the team around them. Like, look at Russell Wilson, $30 million. What do those, all those teams have? Well, one's 5-9, and nine, the other two are 7-7. Seven and seven. Is that it? You know what I mean? Like, really, is that it? The Bills paid Josh Allen. Look at the money he got this year. What's their record? The Colts. I mean, really, they got Carson Wentz, right? All that. What's their record? I'm just saying, unless you're an elite quarterback... Paying them that salary is just completely asinine. It is. I mean, you're better off just restarting and rebuilding your position through the draft. Unless you got Mahomes, Rodgers, or Brady. Really, that's the three guys right now. Unless you got one of those guys, paying a quarterback $30 million a year is not advantageous. I mean, Dallas, who knows? This is the first year they're doing it with Prescott. He's coming off an injury. He's still really good. They, they might be able to get away with it for now because they've hit on so many great draft picks. Because look at Parsons and look at his salary. Look at Trayvon Diggs and look at his salary. You know what I mean? That's why they're getting away with paying their quarterback an exorbitant amount of money. It's because they've hit so many good draft picks here in these last couple of years that by having those cheap price tags on those elite type players, they're able to uh, essentially say like, oh yeah, it's like $45 million for Prescott, you know, Parsons and Diggs, which you're like, oh yeah, that's not that bad at all. That's actually really good. When it's really like 40 of it's going to Prescott and the other five is going to those two guys. The Eagles are in a perfect spot right now. Jalen Hurts was incredible tonight. Really, 20 and 26. Three drops, right? Got her dropped two passes. Kenny Gainwell dropped one. Um, Devontae Smith, he had a he threw a bomb to Devontae Smith. That should have been a touchdown. That was a great throw. I That was the one play where it's like he finally hits goes for Devontae down the field. And Devontae just lost the football. He didn't track it. I mean, it was like right there. He clearly lost the football, which was scary because, you know, he had a great catch on the sidelines tonight, Devontae Smith. But, I mean, that one there was like, that's a play right there. You want him to make that play because that's a touchdown. Jalen Hurts threw a perfect ball, threw it away from the defender. Devontae should have made that catch, and it should still be running. I mean, the the corner throw in the end zone. By the way, everybody's going to get on Hurts for that one. And, again, I I understand it because he threw it into double coverage, and he had Kenny Gainwell on the slant wide open underneath. But it almost tells me, like, that to me 
seems like the coaches told him prior to the play, this is what we want, and this is what their tendencies are, so the corner should be wide open. I guess they expected that Washington would do the right thing and stop you know, the inside route, and they're usually susceptible to getting beat on a corner route. And again, that's what that kind of came off to me, is that looked like it was so predetermined that it might have been just predetermined by the coaching staff. I have no inside knowledge on that. I didn't hear anything otherwise on it, but that's what it just looked like to me. Now, if it wasn't and Hurts just threw it there, that was a big mistake. He put it where only his guy could catch it, which was a compliment to him. It was a great throw in terms of giving our guy the only chance at making a play. But, I mean, there were sure points underneath if he hit Gainwell. But, I mean, really, that's it? Three missed throws, one of which was a, a touchdown that Devontae Smith just didn't even track. So, really, two missed throws the whole night? But I had to hear Gardner Minshew's a better passer than Jalen Hurts. He's a way better passer. Jalen Hurts is a better arm. The, th- the touchdown to Greg Ward at the end of the game was t- insane. Really, like think about that too. The, the Washington makes it twenty to seventeen. Here we go, right down the field, right down the field, capped off by his throw of the night. Jalen Hurts is the man. He is the freaking man. I'm telling you, every time. Like, look at all the pressure. By the way, that was on Jalen Hurts tonight. All the pressure that everybody put on him. Two weeks sitting here, having to hear, well, Gardner Minshew beat the Jets, and he was good. Listen, it's like, it's crazy. I'm not against Gardner Minshew in any way, shape, or form. Gardner Minshew is exactly what you want as a backup quarterback. He's somebody who could come in and get the job done. You don't have to have, like, a fear of Gardner Minshew playing that thinking, you know, you have absolutely zero shot to win. He's good enough to win games in the NFL. But Jalen Hurts has a chance to be a special player. He's got 10 rushing touchdowns this season. Closing in on the NFL record for a quarterback. You know, Newton had 14, I think, in the year, what, 2011 or something? Then he had 14 or 12 last year with the Patriots. Murray had 11 last year with the Cardinals. He's at 10. There's three games left. And you'll say, oh, well, it's 17 games. Actually, no, it's 16 games because Hurts didn't play one game this year. So he's really, like, on pace for what those guys have done in 16-game seasons. Jalen Hurts is the man. He is the man. The Eagles are so lucky right now to have a guy like Jalen Hurts. To look at this game, the way it started, interception, the fumble, and then a punt. And it's like the, the punt was because, you know, they got they converted a fourth down, and then cowardly Sirianni, one of the terrible things he did tonight was punting from that 41-yard line on fourth and four. That was just stupid because they only gained a net game of 21 because Sipos put it in the end zone. But then after that, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, a punt, but then a field goal, touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, that's how they ended the game, one punt. They scored on five of their next six drives. The field goal, too, was one of them was inside the five-yard line. The Eagles right now have found a really good identity. That's where you got to take it. I mean, really, take this. Like, we can run the football. We have a dominant offensive line. Running the football is the new thing in the NFL because everybody got so small. All these linebackers got small. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. They got small. And, and when you have small linebackers... Those linemen, when they get to that second level, they could just bowl these people over. Everybody wanted to try to defend the pass. Everything's been geared to defending the pass, and I get why, because, you know, passing wins, right? Well, guess what? When when everything's geared so heavily one way, when you skew things one way so heavily, you find out that the other way just might be the way to go again because you got to bring balance, right? You can't just have these these 6-foot, 210-pound linebackers and expect that you're going to be able to stop the run. The Eagles are, are so in, in such a good spot that if they do get into the playoffs, offensively, we can compete. 
The problem is defensively because JG is our defensive coordinator and he is a lost in space jerk. I, and by the way, I think the Eagles are going to have to win these next three games to get in. I know people keep saying they think that they can lose one. Nah, they can't lose any games. Minnesota's 7-7, seven and seven, and I know Minnesota's got two really tough games here coming up against the Rams and against the Packers. And again, the, the, those games, at least fortunately for the Eagles, those Ram, or the, the Rams and Packers game are going to mean a lot to the Rams and Packers because the Rams are trying to win their division because um, that gets them a home field game. Um, I guess they still think they have an outside shot. I don't know. I mean, really, they, they technically have an outside shot to still get home field if Green Bay was to lose two of these last three games. Um, Green Bay is playing for home field. So, I mean, that that's another good thing here. Like, it, 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 that's exactly what you want. So, really, the the Pat, the Vikings road here, it's going to be well-earned if they can win these next two games. I mean, you, hats off. Then they, they've earned their way in. And New Orleans beating Tampa Bay the other night. What a joke Tampa Bay is. I know they lost their receivers, their running, whatever. Like, they, they scored zero points. That, that was a complete flop from them. And New Orleans has three very, very winnable games. They play Miami, they play Carolina, and they play Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like, look at those three games. You're not sitting there going, man, they're in, like, we, we as Eagles fans, everybody wants Miami to lose. It's like, you might need Miami to win again. You know, isn't that nuts? You got to start rooting for Miami again. Because, you know what I, like, yeah, we beat New Orleans, but if it's a three-way tie or something like that, that tiebreaker goes to, the, the head-to-head win doesn't mean anything anymore. And again, it's not just a three-way tie with Minnesota for the last spot. That'd be if there was a three-way tie with San Francisco, and now it's like, okay, yeah, there's two for one, or uh, sorry, two or uh, two teams for the last two spots. There are three teams fighting for two spots, and they'd lose the tiebreaker to both those teams. So that's what you got to look forward here. I mean, yeah, it'd be very cool this week if the Dolphins can beat the Saints. Obviously, Tampa Bay wins the division, then that's what we need. But if the Dolphins could just beat the Saints, you know what I mean? Like, we, we want as least amount of teams there on that seven-loss mark because the Eagles are going to have to win out. I truthfully think they have to win out to get in. I mean, yeah, Minnesota could lose their next two. San Francisco could just keep winning, and they could win. I, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things that could happen, but the best-case scenario here is if the Eagles win out, I believe they get in the playoffs. That's what you want. Like this whole idea, oh, if they get in, they can't do anything. Like, what do you see in the NFL right now that makes you think that if you can't get, if you get in, you have no chance? I'm supposed to be scared of Tampa Bay? I mean, really? Look what we were playing like when we played them, and they only beat us by six points. And look what they just put on the field this week, and Godwin's done for the year. I mean, Prescott is clearly screwed up from his injury. As good as their defense is playing, Dallas is just not there offensively right now. They're gettable. Green Bay is the, like the, the the class right now, and they're getting Jair Alexander back. That's the team to be scared of the most. But I mean, look, you saw what Baltimore just did, and we're we're kind of modeled off Baltimore in terms of offense. And Baltimore just got thirty on them. Rasul Douglas playing really good over there. Remember, we cut Craig James, or we cut Rasul Douglas to keep Craig James. Just remember that. So I go back to the show when I said that. I go, I, I would never do this, but they did it, and sure as heck, that's what you get. But, I mean, really, you're supposed to be scared of the Rams? I mean, they're playing a little bit better now, but, I mean, man, they've laid some eggs. 
The Cardinals are clearly beat up. DeAndre Hopkins looks like he's done till if they get to the NFC title game or anything like that. So if we're playing them at that point, it's not going to be in the NFC title game. I'm just saying, it's like yeah, people think, oh, getting in, what are you going to do? Get in as a seven, just get waxed by whatever? Okay. We'll see. We can run the football. When you can run the football, you could stay with any team. The problem is our defensive coordinator, like I said, and we'll, we'll be talking a lot about him more, but Jalen Hurts is the man. This was such a great win. All that nonsense he had to hear, especially with these two extra days, because Roger Goodell is a hypocrite from what he said in the in July. Now, again, I get it. New variant, new protocols. The game was able to be rescheduled. I don't know why it had to be rescheduled to Tuesday and not Monday. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, my theory is this. Why was there two games on Monday in two different time slots, and tonight the two games were at the same time? These were regional games, and the two games on Monday were both the national games. Like, the Browns and the Raiders were going to be playing a national game on Saturday, and obviously the Monday night game. And you don't want to compete with your national games, right? But what they could have done is, if they really wanted a national game, they could have put the Browns and uh, the Raiders on at 1. Because the Rams and the Seahawks camp, I mean, they could play at 1 o'clock their time, and it'd be a 10 a.m. game, but... They could put the Eagles and the Rams on at four yesterday, and then they could have just did the night game. But whatever, it is what it is. You know, we're, we, here we go. I mean, you got tomorrow would be a, a practice for the Eagles. Now it's like, you know, it's going to be a day off. So really, they're only going to get Thursday and Friday for practice. Maybe some VO like walkthrough on Saturday and get ready for Sunday. No excuses, though. It is what it is. Can't make excuses. They came out rusty tonight. It looked like the Eagles were going to cave, and guess what? They didn't cave. That's the one credit. They did not cave in this game. So, freak of the week, Jalen Hurts, obviously. Jalen Hurts the freak of the week. He was the freak of the week. He was unbelievable tonight. He was absolutely, without any question, the freak of the week. Um, geek of the week, JG, because I thought our defensive game plan, again, not pressuring a quarterback who's been on the team for you know 72 hours was just so completely idiotic. Season's still here. Giants on Sunday, tentatively. Again, now all these games, you got to say tentatively. But Sunday at 1, it's going to be Jake Fromm. It's in Philadelphia. Um, obviously, the Giants are free-falling here. Help them free-fall. Win the game. You know what I mean? Make up for what you just did. And then we go into these last two weeks. You're going to play a different Washington team in Washington in two weeks. That's clear. Taylor Henneke will be back. He won't be facing Garrett Gilbert. But again, even if Henneke played tonight, the Eagles were really good. I mean, we gave them points. I mean, we, we shot ourselves in the foot there to start this game. But I mean, really, the way we played on offense, I mean, their defense wasn't as like taken out by you know the COVID situation. I mean, I know Cameron Curl, their safety didn't play. But I mean, really, they got their D-line back. And we were able to bully ball them. And then Dallas. And again, I get it. The game with Dallas might mean a lot now for the Cowboys, but hey, again, it's still an indication. You're going to have to beat some good teams. If you want to be in the playoffs, you got to beat some good teams. Thrilled with this win. Thrilled with the effort. Thrilled with Jalen Hurts. Cannot wait for this game on Sunday. Um, but I will be back Thursday. We will preview the Giants game. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, we don't have any, you know, potential talk of rescheduling this game or anything and hopefully these protocols they work and you know guys are able to keep themselves off that list and stay safe so speaking of staying safe stay safe stay healthy stay educated go eagles go